0: I'm aware that we are navigating the last day of the year. And it's going to have significant meaning for many folks in this room because I am here to declare to you today that this is not just the last day of the year. This is the last day for some things in your life. This is what the Lord, I, I, I don't remember uh, having this much excitement and this much warning and this much uh, prophetic unction on a last Sunday of the year message. Normally, you feel just a real surge of excitement and expectation for that first Sunday of the year, and I always always have clear direction on that long, uh, way ahead of time, and, and, uh, and next Sunday is uh, going to start something exciting for us, but... Uh, But I've had for some time now a real sense of expectation for today and this particular message that the Lord really directed me to uh, for this particular day because this is going to be the last day for some things in your life if you are ready for it to be the last day. And I say that uh, because the enemy has been trying to orchestrate your last day for a long time. How many of you know that's his job? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so he is very much invested in seeing you have a last day. There were probably some days in 2023 where he thought he got you. And he thought it might just be your last day. That you might uh, stop uh, walking with God. You might even die. You might check out of your family. You might give up on things. He thought that there were probably some days this year that are going to be your last day. But you're here on the actual last day of the year and you're alive and you're worshiping God. And so I'm just here to tell you that it doesn't matter what the enemy's plan is for your life. It matters what God's plan is for your life. Sometimes we are so so in tune with well I'm being attacked and the enemy's doing this and the enemy's making me think that and we're so aware of what the enemy's doing that we forget about what God's doing but don't let what Satan does overshadow what God is doing. The enemy has, is giving his last great gasp. He is he is just, just spewing out his best last efforts to try to destroy mankind. Meanwhile the Lord said in the last days my spirit will get poured out on all flesh. So that's what God's up to. So don't let what the enemy's doing overshadow what God is doing in your life, even today. Now, the enemy's been attempting to orchestrate your last day for a long time. And I can tell you that explains some of why uh, you've experienced some of the things you've experienced. It's not been coincidence. It's not just been a string of bad luck. It's not just been, well, uh, look at all these things that keep happening. No, the enemy is out to get you. And that's not here to make you scared. That is here to wake us up and make us realize that you are valuable enough until you are being fought over. But the issue is this. It is a fixed fight and a one battle because at the cross and the empty tomb, Jesus already paid for your salvation, your restoration, your healing and deliverance, and then he sealed that because he lives, you shall live also when he came out of the grave. And so Every day the enemy's fight is not over whether you can make it or not, whether you can be saved or not. That's already been decided. The enemy's fight every day is to get you to believe something that's not true. And so he's been fighting you. And he's been trying to orchestrate your last day. In fact, he's been trying to orchestrate your last day much like he thought he was orchestrating Jesus' very last day. On this earth. As it turns out. Jesus last day. On this earth was not only significant for him. It was life changing for us. So we want to walk through Jesus last day on earth. On this last day of 2023. Before the crucifixion. Matthew chapter 27 verse 1. We're going to walk through. Some of the. Some of the activities and the experiences. Of. Of Jesus' last day. The Bible says, very early in the morning, the leading priests and elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. Then they bound him, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Now, this day is already not off to a good start for Jesus. This is already early in the wee hours of the morning, we are told by uh, multiple gospel witnesses, this all began early while it's still dark. It's basically the middle of the night that the plan begins to have. The plans are being made to put Jesus to death. You have to understand that your destruction has been planned by the enemy. Now, I, I I hate to spend much time glorifying what the enemy does, but we do need to not be ignorant of his devices. And you have to understand that there is a plan behind the enemy's intention for your demise, a plan, which means these things are not coincidental. These attacks, these things that come against your mind, the temptations that get set in front of you, this is not just happenstance and it's just there for no reason. And and, No, 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 no. No, the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. So that means if he's seeking, he's got to look for the path and the avenue into your life. Because while he does not know your thoughts, and he does not know your mind, he can watch your actions and your responses and your behaviors and he can see what it is that will push your buttons and what it is that will give you a tendency towards a certain destructive behavior because remember the enemy can't destroy you that is his job to try to do so but you have to sign off on the death certificate because you as a believer have authority in Jesus name more on that later but the reality is the enemy has to try to lead you by by circumstances and problems and attacks and the people around you that he does have control of to push you into a corner to where you'll respond in a self-destructive way do not give the enemy more power than he has he's not destroying you he's putting you in a situation where he believes you'll destroy yourself but what if you break the mold what if you break the narrative and say you know what enemy the last few times that you brought this situation to me I know I ex- I-, I responded this way I know I said that, but I'm going to break the mold today. And instead of walking into self-destruction and reaching for a drink, every time I get hurt, reaching for a new relationship, every time somebody leaves me reaching for something that is self-harm, binge eating, not eating, whatever it may be that self destructive instead of responding that way, enemy, I'm not going to do that anymore. But I'm going to step into the power of God. I'm going to respond differently because you can choose that. And so he's just planning what he believes might get you to a place of submission, giving up, giving in, quitting, turning your back on God, rebelling, destroying yourself. That's, that's what he's attempting to do. Planning your destruction. Now verse 2, for Jesus, the plan take, takes action. The potential energy becomes kinetic. The plan is put in motion as Jesus is now bound and led where his enemies want him to go this is how the enemies plan for our lives take action if it does he moves and works in our life in a way to try to attempt to bring us into bondage in other words to bring us under his influence and control to where he's spoken he's worked in a way that we will yield ourselves up to the Anger, the negativity, the regret, the fear, uh, the temptation, the compromise, the sin—to where we will give ourselves. We we come to a moment of weakness. Uh, one of the strategies that he'll bring about is so much going on in your life, so many overwhelming circumstances, and he keeps bombarding to the point that where you'll give in and feel overwhelmed, and just and just start making bad decisions, and start operating out of anger and fear, and speaking up in ways you shouldn't, and making decisions that you shouldn't, and, and all of that the attempt is to do what was done to Jesus and that is to bring you into bondage bring you into a place to where the enemy gets to now control your destiny which is not his place that's out of order he's, look he's not the creator the one who has the right to explain to you what you're designed to do is the designer what you were created for is spoken by the creator. And so when the enemy whispers in your ear, well, this is all you'll ever be able to do. You might as well give in because you'll never be able to overcome that. There's no way you can put that behind. No, 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 that's a lie. Creator, if the creator didn't say that to me, it's not true. If God doesn't say that to me, it's not true because he's the creator. He's got the schematic and the plan for my life. He knows exactly what he made me for. And what he did not make any of us for was destruction. Destruction. So here's the enemy, and he's trying to make things happen in such a way that you will give control of areas of your life over to his instruction and his direction and his influence so that he can do what? Take you where he wants you to go. They bound Jesus, and then they led him where they wanted him to go. Now then, as the plan to destroy Jesus moved forward, now more players join the story. Matthew 27, verse 22. Pilate responded. They brought Jesus to Pilate now. Then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder. Crucify him. They didn't want to talk about the truth. They didn't want to have a reasonable moment. And this is how the enemy speaks. He shouts over truth. He shouts over the top of reason. He ta- shouts over the top of wisdom. And, just, uh, and, when the, and when the Spirit of God tries to say, hey, what about this? He just says, no, crucify! Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing, which is what he didn't need on his hands. Because Rome, Rome didn't need to find out that he couldn't keep order in his area. So as much as he knows Jesus is innocent, the Bible also tells us that Pilate understood that he was brought to them because they were jealous. Pilate knew exactly what was going on. But look, he had already given his control over to Rome and the enemy, and so Rome and its influence did control him. And he knows if this is going to turn into a riot, i got to calm this down right now, even if it costs this innocent man his life. Pilate saw he wasn't getting anywhere, and the riot was developing, so he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood, the responsibility is yours. In other words, go ahead and kill him. I just don't want to be held responsible. So Pilate, you know this is wrong. You know Jesus is innocent. You know this is an injustice. But you don't want to stop it because then you'd have to have some responsibility. So you just want to wash your hands of responsibility. And so that's what he does. And so here's what happened. Pilate and the crowd that day signed off on Jesus' execution. Remember, we're talking about the plan the enemy puts in. Now, we're going to get to what God does. But we're just explaining some things first because of Jesus' last day. And so, the plan was put in place. Then Jesus was bound and he was led to the place his enemies wanted him to go. And now, people and circumstances are put into place to sign off on his destruction. And I can tell you that people and circumstances will be moved into place to sign off on your destruction. The enemy uses the people and the circumstances he has control of, which is not everybody. Everybody is not out to get you. Everybody is not your enemy. But there are those that are cooperating with the enemy because he tried to bring them into bondage and they allowed it. And so now he's motivating what they say. He's motivating what they do, which is exactly why you need to know it because you can actually love those people. You can forgive those people because you realize if they've come against me, this is actually not about me and them. This is about the enemy trying to bring me into his plan. And I'm going to not be ignorant of his devices. And I'm not going to let what he's trying to do to me through a person become sin in my heart by hating and being angry with them. I'm deeper. we got to be deeper spiritually than that, church. And realize that my, I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood here. This is all a spiritual matter. And, and, and they're being used. And they don't even probably know it. They don't even know it. Because they've yielded their life over to the enemy so much, he can speak through them, he can move them around and, and cajole them, and he's doing it to hurt them and you. And they're not even aware of that fact. So you say, well, it's really hard for me to forgive what they did. I know, but you can forgive the person and still hate the enemy that's behind it. You don't have to approve of what they're doing. You can forgive and understand, look, at the end of the day, the enemy will use them and then destroy them. Because he ain't just out to destroy you. He's out to destroy the one that's come up against you. He's out for them too. And And so people and circumstances are put into place that will sign off on your destruction. And the enemy uses those people and those circumstances to jettison you towards what he believes will be destruction. Because here's Pilate now giving the government stamp of approval to Jesus' crucifixion, and a crowd of Jesus' own people. Now, everybody's signed off on it. There's not going to be an uprising now, because everybody's coming to agreement. And so now it looks like, if I'm the enemy, it looks like, man, I got the fast track to getting my plan brought about. I've got all the authorities. I've got the people on board. See, this is what he sneaks around and does. He tries to get everybody on board with your destruction. But at the end of the day, we're about to find out the only one that really matters is whether you're on board or not. Verse 26 now. It's another step forward. Jesus' last day. We're just talking. This isn't even really the message, but this is, we're just talking. Verse 26. So Pilate released to Barabbas, released Barabbas to them. Because you'll remember the custom here at Passover is, you know, Pilate will release a prisoner that they want. And and the people said, well, we want Barabbas. Well, the problem with Barabbas was he was a real criminal. We would rather have him back out in society than Jesus. So that's what Pilate did. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. In other words, this wasn't three or four people that got Jesus off in a corner and, and decided to harass him a little bit. No, look at what they planned. They called out an entire regiment over one man. Have you thought about how many people They keep sending out against Jesus. This whole detachment of soldiers that finds him in the garden. And he says, you're coming at me with all these weapons. Like, you can't just take me? But they always keep having to send a a detachment of soldiers, a regiment, these whole group. Why? Why does the enemy come in like a flood? Why does he come in multiple ways to your life? Why is it multiple things at multiple times with multiple people? Because the enemy may not know everything that's going to happen, but he's seen enough going on in your life so far to say, I better do everything I can because right there is somebody God wants to use and God wants to do something with, so i got to throw everything at him. It's not because you're so bad that all these things are happening. It's because God has so much for you that all these things are happening, and the enemy wants to stop it. So Jesus was one man but they keep sending out many, many, many against him because the enemy knows good and well. He's not just after some man. So they call the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. So it's not just enough that Jesus has been taken captive and being led where the enemy wants him to go, and then the people and Pilate have now signed off on his demise. No, the result of this Binding this bondage and the control of the enemy is now we're going to torture and torment him with it. We're going to mock him. Can I just tell you what happens when we give in and allow ourselves to come into the bondage of Satan? whether it is through repeated sin, whether it is through believing his lies, whether it is through yielding ourselves over to bitterness and, and unforgiveness, whatever fear, whatever it is the enemy is trying to bring us into his trap, when we yield ourselves to that and we give over to that bondage and it starts leading our life, here's exactly what it does. It always taunts us, torments us, and makes fun of us. It will humiliate your life that you have given yourself over to bondage. It makes a fool out of out of you. Let, I, I don't, I'm not sure I made that hard enough. Let me make it hard enough for you. Sin will make a fool out of you. Disobedience to God repeatedly because you've just given yourself over to it will not turn out well. It will mock you in the end. To not deal with the areas of bondage that the Lord has been speaking to you about is going to end up torturing and tormenting you it'll not be your friend this is why the Lord keeps challenging you and goading you and speaking to you about you're going to have to let that go you're going to have to forgive that you're going to have to overcome this situation you're going to have to overcome that pain this issue with your past this bond this is why the Lord keeps because if we hang on to that bondage eventually it's going to take enough control until it humiliates our life And it's going to mock us. And then, at the most opportune moment, Jesus' enemies struck what they thought would be the final blow. Verse 35. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. After they did what? Nailed him to the cross. So now Jesus is crucified, and it looks like to the enemy that his plan has come to fruition and brought death. And I don't know where you're sitting in your life on this last day of 2023. You may be sitting, I know you're not looking and acting like it, but you may be, if you're honest, sitting in a place in your life of despair and feeling hopeless about something. It may be that you feel like you've come to the end of this or that or whatever it may be. You may feel like that this is the end and the enemies had his way and brought his will and this is all going down and it's all coming to an end. It looked like the enemy's plan had come to fruition because he's going to bring death to Jesus. But before death could take him over, Jesus took over. Let me prove that to you. John chapter 19, verse 30. <laughs> You've never thought about this like this before. John chapter 19 and verse 30, Jesus is hanging on the cross. The wind is going out of his lungs. The blood is flowing out of his body. Life is evaporating. And the Bible doesn't say that the enemy said it is finished. Jesus said it's finished. That means when the enemy thought he had control, Jesus rose up in authority and said, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. I get to decide. The Bible says that nobody takes his life from him, he gives it willingly. I'm telling you, this is your word for the last day of 2023. The enemy has been trying to orchestrate your last day, but before death takes you over, before bondage takes you over, before your past takes you over, before your pain takes you over, before worries and trauma take you over, before those fears that you've been grappling with take you over, before worry takes you over, before uh, those regrets take you over, before circumstances circumstances take you over before sin takes you over today you're going to get the words of Jesus in your mouth and declare it is finished devil you've been working you've been trying you've been scheming you've been speaking you have been attacking you have launched everything against me but today it is finished enough is enough and this is your declaration I'm right down. I'm 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 up in your Kool-Aid right now. This is it. The last day of 2023 is going to be. One of these is going to hopefully be you. Today's the last day I give in to sin. Today's the last day I compromise. Today's the last day I wallow in self pity. Today's the last day I operate in pride. The last day I listen to the lies of the enemy. Today is the last day I walk by fear instead of faith. This is going to be the last day I focus on my past and I'm going to start focusing on the future. This is the last day I hold a grudge. This is the last day I walk in being offended. This is the last day I withhold forgiveness. This is the last day I make excuses for what God calls sin. This is the last day that I put off things that God has already told me to do. The last day I sit in apathy. The last Day is today that I shrink back from my calling. This is the last day that I live any other way other than completely sold out to and on fire for Jesus Christ. The last day. Somebody shout the last day. I hope that's beginning. You're about to. You're figuring out what this day is for you. It's a different last day for everybody in the room because we're all dealing with different stuff. But some of us just needed the exclamation point of today for God to say, hey, you can rise up and you can say whether it's finished or not. I'm sure Satan felt a surge of victory when he watched blood flow out from the wounds on Jesus' body and thought he had the authority to take his life. But then Jesus spoke up and changed the narrative. The Bible says Jesus decided when it was finished and then he gave up his spirit. So I can, I can just almost sense the end of it. You mean, you mean I played into your plan? Yeah, this has all been my, I allowed all of this. Because I'm going to use this. By the way, devil, this that you thought you were destroying me with is the last nail in your coffin. Because this is the finishing of the redemptive plan of God. And you help me get it done. Woo. Let it be in my life that I go ahead and let the, what the enemy's doing actually accomplish what God's wanting in my life. Enemy, you thought you were breaking me down, but it's turning me towards God. You thought you were discouraging me, but I'm finding out who I am in Jesus. You thought you were giving me reasons not to trust God, and you've given me every reason why I can't trust anybody but God. So now the enemy finds out that he has played into the plan and the hands of Jesus. When Jesus opened up his mouth. Now, did you know you can open up your mouth And change the narrative of your life today. You want some scriptures? I'll give you a few. When you open your mouth and confess that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says you are transferred from sinner to saint. When you open your mouth and resist the devil, James says he flees. When you open your mouth and take captive every thought, your mind comes into order. When you open your mouth and declare the word, it takes precedence over everything else. When you open your mouth and forgive, freedom comes to your heart. Why? How can what you say make that much difference in your life? Pastor, I understand that on the cross, Jesus could say, this is finished and this is how it works, but... I mean, I'm not Jesus. How, how is it that I can make a decision and I can make a declaration and it brings change from God in my life? Well, here's the reason. Because Jesus gave you his authority. When you speak on behalf of heaven, in other words, what you, when you say what God says, now heaven backs you up. That's why we're told if any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. You speak what God is saying and now God takes over backing it up. Now it's up to God to bring it to pass because this is not your words, this is His. It's why you can't be random. It's why you can't speak from flesh. It's why you can't speak what your mind wants and your soul wants. This is why we go through the word and we speak the word because we, when we end up speaking the word, we have the backup of heaven on the side of that word because Jesus gave us authority. Now here's what you need to know. And we're coming to the end of where this is about to be the last day for something. I hope you can feel the anticipation that God's brought you to a threshold of a whole new experience where something is going to end today and new things are going to begin. But here's what you've got to know as you take that step. The authority that you really have been given. Because actually, Jesus gave you authority in three realms. He gave you authority in the realm of the enemy. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you he's talking he specifically spells it out he's talking about the enemy's power and he says i've given you authority over him so that means wherever it is that it's satan that's attacking your life it's not you because the bible's clear we can oppose ourselves but when it's the enemy, guess what? You're not helpless. Jesus said, I, I give you the authority to deal with him. In fact, earlier in that, he says, he says, look, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I know his state. I know he's fallen. I know he's defeated. I'm defeating him myself. And what you need to know is that when you speak to him in my authority, it's over. It really is. And so you can say to the enemy, it is finished. I'm tired of being attacked in my mind. I'm tired of you having uh, all of this authority in my home. I'm tired of you having all of this. It's finished. You have the authority to do that. You need to know that if he has deceived you, if he has bound you, if you are locked and chained to something demonic like fear or oppression some sort of addiction, something that is beyond, it is supernaturally a bondage to you. It is beyond just your flesh and its desires, but there's something that has a hold of you that's bigger than you, that's dictating the direction of the ship. What you can do is you can take your authority in the name of Jesus over that. It could be that thing's last day. Because you have the authority to walk on him and crush him. Not only that, You can speak up today and declare things are finished not just in the realm of the enemy because Jesus also gave you authority in the realm of the earth. Matthew 16, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid, which is the actual translation... Your Bible, depending on what version you're reading, may say bind and loose here. But the real translation is forbid and allow. Whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden or, allow, or, 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 uh, or forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit or loose on the earth will be permitted or loosed in heaven. What do you mean, Pastor? Whatever you allow to overwhelm you in your life and control you in your life, if you allow it, it will. But if God's will is not for me to be controlled by that thing, I won't. No, you get to, you get to choose. He says, I give you authority. I give you the ability, the keys are yours. When you purchase a vehicle, you can sign all the paperwork, you can give them money. Whatever you do now, I don't even know if you give anybody money anymore more for a vehicle or if it's all credit or I don't even know how that works. But you can make all the transactions, but the real evidence that that car now belongs to you is they give you the keys. And they expect that you're going to get in the vehicle, put the keys in the ignition, turn them, and drive it somewhere. And when Jesus gave you keys to the kingdom... He expected you to put them in the vehicle of your life and drive it somewhere. Not hold the keys and then say, well, Lord, it'll be whatever you want. Well, if you want it to be what the Lord wants, let me just tell you what He wants. He wants you saved, healed, delivered, free. He wants you living in purpose and in victory to know your identity, to know who He is in you and you in Him, he, all of those things. And if you're not there yet, you need to keep using your keys because He gave those keys to you. If you allow people to offend you, they will. You've loosed defense in your own life. If you allow the culture to influence you, it will. If you allow problems to steal your joy, they will. If you allow your home to be full of conflict and fighting, it will. If you allow what you see and hear in your life to affect your faith and your emotions... It will, because what you loose is allowed. It's loosed. God says, if you allow it, I'm going to allow it. Which is why an answer to why sometimes we say, why would God allow that? And it's something you got to be in on the choosing of. I know there's things we don't choose. That's a whole different conversation. But when it's something I gave place for, Well, remember, God gave me the keys. You say, well, that's risky for God to give us the keys. It is, isn't it? But what he was doing was exposing the absolute weakness of the flesh and Satan to say this. I will trust people with my keys of my authority to my kingdom in whom I put my spirit. Because if they use my keys, they will overcome even though they're weak, even though they're imperfect, even though they get attacked, even though the enemy is out to get them. And so he is putting, and every time you overcome and you use your keys, you're putting the enemy to shame. Because he said, look at, look at how many times they've already failed. Look at their proclivities. Look at their inclination towards sin. And you think, God, that they're, and yet you're overcoming? All that proves is the power of God is so real to overcome your weakness. It's as if his strength really is made perfect in weakness. Because what you loose is loosed. You are the gatekeeper of your own life. And if you get nothing else out of this message today, you learning you're the gatekeeper is an absolute game changer. Yeah, but I can't help it if people treat me wrongly correct, but you get to choose how you respond to it. You get to choose if you forgive or not. You get to choose if you harbor the bitterness and go over and over it in your mind and give that negativity a place to fester. That is up to you. They They don't have to live in your mind forever. That's up to you. And the enemy wants to make you believe he's in such control that if somebody hurts you, you have no recourse. Friend, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But the Bible also says he's made us to triumph. So the triumph is not that I don't have any attacks, any, any people against me. It is that even when they come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against it, and I overcome. And if you bind or forbid the external from influencing the internal... If you forbid bitterness from growing in your heart, it it won't. If you forbid discouragement from having access to your emotions, it won't. So use your authority and bind and loose some things. You forbid and you allow it. And maybe most exciting of all, we've been given authority in the realm of heaven. We've been given authority in the realm where the enemy works, in the realm of the earth, And in the realm of heaven, John chapter 16, verse 23. This is Jesus speaking about his departure to the disciples. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the father directly. And he will grant your request because you use my name. See, the name is the authority. You haven't done this before. Because Jesus has been right with them. Ask using my name. See, there's things that you've had to do on behalf of the boss. That if you go do the thing and use the boss's name, it gets done. But you couldn't have used your name. When I, was, when I was growing up, there were things that if I go to town and I say, I need something for Noel Smith or Gary Smith, that's going to get me what I need. But if I'll go in and say my name, my name does not mean anything to them. But when I use a name that has authority, things happen and Jesus says, you haven't done this before, but ask using my name and you will receive. And where's he talking about? He's talking about in heaven. He's talking about the Father. And you will have abundant joy. There are things that are beyond my control. There are things that I can't forbid or allow There are things that I can't bind the enemy or rebuke him because it is not something that I, it's not in my realm to control the outcome of things that are beyond my influence. And in that moment, I need heavenly intervention. I need a miracle. I need supernatural supply, or I need wisdom, or I need strength. I need the resources of heaven. And that's why so many of us feel like we're backed in a corner. This is the end of the message, so lock in. That's why some are hanging on by a thread because they feel like they've been brought to the place to where what's expected of them or what they need now is something they don't have. I need money and have no access. I need the ability to to, to get something done about this problem, but I don't have any influence. I need a voice in this situation for my child, but no one's listening to me. And that can back you in a corner And make you feel very much like it is the last day, like things are over, like nothing more is going to happen. And what you need to know is this, there is good news because you have authority in heaven. To go to the Father and ask for what you need because you use Jesus' name. It's as if he's the one doing the asking when you use his name. Because the Father releases to you what's needed. So you don't have to feel like there's no way out. You don't have to feel like there's no answer. You don't have to feel like there's no hope. You have the resources of heaven ready whenever you activate your voice and act and ask in Jesus' name. So in recent days, months, or years, it may feel like the enemy's had you cornered. Life has you cornered. Sin has you cornered. Circumstances have had you cornered. But when Jesus said it is finished and he gave up his spirit and then took up his life again on the third day, you realize he overcame and defeated everything that has you cornered right now. So there's no reason for 2024 To be like 2023 or whatever has led up to this moment in your life. You can take a stand today. You can decide this is the last day that I'll be controlled by this. I feel like somebody needs to hear that because of what Jesus did for you. You can decide this is the last day my past is going to control my life. And that past could be any number of things. It could be your own regrets. It could be condemnation about where you used to be and what you used to do. It could be past because of abuse or pain, and it still has a chokehold on your life. But what if you step into not your authority but Jesus' authority today and say, this is the last day for that. If Jesus came out of that grave, I can come out too. You can decide that when Jesus said it's finished, he meant that it's finished for you too. Mm. And you can choose to enter into that finished work he provided. So here's the question. What is it in your life that this needs to be the last day? That answer would be different for everyone. Is this need to be your last day that you walk away outside of a relationship with God? The last day that you're not following the call that Jesus keeps making to you to come home and walk with Him? Get forgiveness, become a new Christian, a new life, a new believer. Is this the last day to be away from that? Is this the last day of unforgiveness for you? last day of a grudge, the last day of fear, the last day of anxiety, the last day of hopelessness. The last day of being controlled by anything other than the Spirit of God. Is this the last day? Well, I declare that if you want it to be, it can be. What that doesn't mean that there'll never be another struggle. That doesn't mean you won't have to choose it over and again, but it means you can walk in victory over it. Because if the enemy came back to Jesus three times, he's gonna come back to you. But Jesus overcame every time, so that's the King. Just keep overcoming. So, I, so the last day, last day, I want you to stand with me. Giving you a moment, we're going to give you a real moment to pray about this. This is going to be for real for you. Not just a little nice little prayer and send you out the door. If you're coming tonight, you've got a long afternoon and evening before you even come back. So I'm not upset about giving you a moment to pray right now about this thing and decide.